You know, um, I don't really think that there's like this instant chemistry all the time that people want to believe in, right? It's like, ooh, that person is the one for me. No, girl, that's not the person for you. I can tell you. But it's okay because you're going to find your person. I get to work with people and all I'm doing is finding them people who will love them for who they are and who will accept them for who they are. Welcome to Love, Laughs, and Lessons, the podcast where we create a safe and inclusive space to have open and honest conversations about all things relationships, from romance to family dynamics to friendships, and most importantly, the relationships we have with ourselves. I'm Dr. Frankie, a clinical psychologist, board-certified sex therapist, and expert in human behavior. And I'm Denise Ray, certified matchmaker, science-based dating and relationship coach, and intimacy and relationship coach with over a decade of experience. Join us on a journey through life's love, laughs, and lessons. How's it going, everyone? We're here again this week with another amazing guest. And um, we're going to talk all about matchmaking. And it's part of our matchmaking series. Um, Welcome you all to Love, Laughs, and Lessons. And I'm Dr. Frankie Bashan, the CEO of Little Gay Book Matchmaking and Little Black Book Matchmaking. I've been a matchmaker pretty much my whole life, and um, we are about to celebrate 15 years at Little Gay Book, which is so exciting. Um, And I'm also a psychologist and a board-certified sex therapist, and I do a lot of dating and relationship coaching aside from matchmaking. And we've recently relaunched our podcast, and I have an amazing co-host. I did it alone for a few years, and that wasn't quite as fun as what we're doing now. And um, she's awesome. She's also a coach, also a matchmaker with tons of knowledge and wisdom to impart. And (laughs) I'd love for her to introduce herself. So I'm going to hand it right over. Go for it. Yeah. Hi, I am Denise Ray and relationship coach and matchmaker and client service director at Little Gay Book and co-hosting with Dr. Frankie on this phenomenal journey through this podcast. And I am so pleased today to welcome Daphne Poiser. She's the founder and CEO of Fern Connections, an LGBTQIA plus matchmaking and coaching company. You know, Daphne, like my Shiro, after noticing a lack of diversity within the world of same-sex specific dating services, Daphne sought out to create her own company and It's founded on the principles of greater gender, sexual, and romantic inclusivity. I love that word. Her connection was started in 2020, and now she's blown up. She's got headquarters in Texas and in Georgia. The company services individuals nationwide within the U.S. So, Daphne, we want to hear all about your journey, because I know that you started in corporate America. Uh, So how did you get from there to where you are now? What inspired you? Oh, that's a good one. Well, let me let me just say this. Thank you for inviting me. I, I love this. I can't wait to like talk more. But um, I want to say um, I was transitioning. Right. This is a story. Right. So uh, for those who don't know me, I'm a widow. I, I lost my late husband in 2019. And so my life was transitioning. And so I decided to like, let me transition it myself. Right. So that's when I decided to leave corporate America in 2020. And, um, you know, one day this is, and and I hate to say this, but this is a real story because that was like right around the pandemic, right? 
And um, Paul Brunson was on, um, I think it's LinkedIn, <laughs> doing these like lockdown sessions. And one day I heard about these modern matchmakers. There were a few people on and I was like, wow, I think I could do that. I, I think I want to do that. Right. So I reached out to him and I said, like, I'm interested. Tell me what I can do. What do you think? And he said, well, have you gone to the Matchmaking Institute? I said, no, <laughs> I didn't know there was a matchmaking institute. And so he said, you should go to the matchmaking institute, go talk to them. And then um, that's kind of how I got started. And, and I uh, launched um, my business in 2020 uh, while I was going through the matchmaking institute. And, uh, you know, I took a lot of the stuff that I gained in corporate America, right? And, and you know, and leverage that to start my business, right? I used to have this wonderful boss. I want to call him a boss because he wasn't a manager because uh, we know the difference. But he's a boss and he was always saying, run your operation as your business, like a small business. And so I learned so much from corporate America. And so I thought, why not, you know, leverage that to start my own business? I've been doing it for somebody else for so long. I may as well do it for myself. So that that's so my core story. So you specialize in LGBTQ clients. Tell us a little bit about that. And allies. Um, Yes, I love allies because I'm an ally. So let me tell you about that, okay? Uh Um, My daughter, I love her so much. She's like pansexual. And she came out when she was about 15. And she was, you know, wasn't sure, like, you know, who I am, what I'm doing, all the things, right? And so, you know, uh, when I decided to do this, you know, it's, I was, um, we were doing a POC, a proof of concept, right? And, you know, we thought, okay, we I could do black women. <laughs> I could do women over a certain age. I could do whatever, right? Interracial couples, right? All right. the things. And then my doctor said, what are you thinking about? And you've always been part of the, the community. So to me, it's really a no-brainer. So I'm giving her all the credit because it really was her who said, mom, really, are you going to do anything other than what you would do anyways, right? What's pansexual? Just for our listeners, what what is that? Because I think people have different ideas about it. Yeah, pans, you know, and people do have different ideas about pansexuals. I hear People say, I will date anyone unless anyone without a penis, right? And some people will date people with penises and some people will date people who are, you know, um, non-binary, trans, you know, bi, whatever that is, right? They're very open to date the person based on the human being, not necessarily their sexual orientation and their gender, so to speak, right? And so that's what, you know, I identify as pansexual based on that definition. So it's uh, about the person. It's not it's about your gender, their orientation, just like, that's like me. I, de- I describe myself as queer. I love people. I'm attracted to all, all different types of people. Okay. So you, do you specialize in certain parts of the country? You know, I work with people all across the country, some people in Canada, some people in the UK, uh, and I don't really, so I have tons and it's, it's a weird thing, right? It's like, I don't know if it's a demographic or the reason I have tons of gay men in California, right? I have tons of like lesbian women on the East Coast and spread across the country. Uh, a lot of people, you know, both in the South, you know, who identify as queer, right, or open, and they don't really care, you know, who the person is, right? Uh, and then I have a lot of people who just consider themselves, you know, 
I, I, I don't, I like both men and women, but I don't want to call myself bisexual or pansexual or any of that. Right. And mm -hmm. so to answer your question, I have people all across the country, but it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic that the kinds of, you know, people that I have in, in different areas, like on the West coast versus the East coast versus the South, because I'm actually in Dallas. Right. And in Dallas, uh -huh. there's this huge queer population, like nobody's business. So it's like everybody's here. You're matching people all over the country with each other, like coordinating Zoom dates or FaceTime dates, that kind of thing. Zoom, we do in person. We do as many in person as possible. And I really try to keep it local as, as much as I can. Unless someone says to me, I want a larger, you know, a, a, a broader search, right? I had mm -hmm. someone tell me that the other day. Um, because they were just not finding a lot of people in their location just because of where they are. But um, no, I, I try to do as much in-person as possible. I think it's very important. Um, not everybody's built for long distance, and I get that. So I, I don't I don't necessarily push it, but I think it, it gives you an option to meet more people, right, to open yourself up more. Yeah, most definitely. We talk about a lot, you know, how after the pandemic, the walls came down and people were willing to stretch themselves a little bit more for love. You know, so we definitely understand the fact that people want to be local. And I, you know, I'm not about the long distance relationship. I like a long distance with a mean to it, a means to an end. So not a forever long distance, but as long as someone eventually can relocate. And that's what I'm hearing that you're saying as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, let me tell you this, because I, I am about the long distance <laughs> you know, and, and it's crazy, but I kind of like it because I'm so busy that, you know, when I'm when I'm in the same place with someone, I feel guilty. I feel like, okay, I got, I can't work all the hours I need to work, right? I can't do all the stuff that I need to do. So for me, long distance works. And you're right, yes. I always tell people there has to be a short-term plan and a long-term plan. You know, mm -hmm. one of the things that I love, um, and, it's, and it's kind of a, you know, I don't know, it's one of those things to where I bring all my tech, tech, technology background with me. So if you hear me talk corporate speak and matchmaking, that's what I do, right? It's kind of like right. that whole corporate background, you know, my technology background. And I use that, you know, to, to get the message across to people who are, you know, like me, like professionals who came out of that kind of background or that kind of scenario. And they get it, right? When I say proof of concept, you know, the techies know what that means. Right, <laughs> like, right. right. I don't think after so many years of being in technology that I'm going to change. So I just I just decided to bring it all with me and make it work. So yeah. that's what I do. Well, it sounds like it's working out well for you because it's been a good number of years. When did you start your business? In 2020, in yeah. early 2020. And, you know, I have to say that I'm, I... You know, I don't want to come across as like arrogant or anything, but you know, we always say we're so fortunate and we're so blessed, but you know, I work my ass off too, right? It's Absolutely. not about the, the fact that I'm blessed and fortunate and I'm all of those things, but I also work my ass off, you know, and, 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 you know, just talking about dating, you know, it, finding the right person, right. Who gets you right. And understands you and understands and supports the fact that like, I'm a business person. I mean, I'm like working all the time, right. Even when most people are sleeping, I'm probably working. And so to have a person or a partner who understands that is so important. And that's one of the reasons why I love matchmaking so much. Um, yeah. but, I, but I have to say, I like co coaching even better. Right. I got a so question why? for you about yes, that. And it's 
how, what do you look for when you make your matches? What are the most important aspects or things you consider when you bring you know, the I, I tell everybody, like my business is based on internal qualities, right? And I'm not saying I don't, because I, I have some of the most attractive people across the country, but I don't mm-hmm. focus on that first. I focus on people's hearts. I focus on, you know, their, um, you know, their kindness, their their caring, their support, their supportive nature, those kind of things. Because I just believe that if you get those people first, and if they're attractive, honey, you better watch out. You know, it's like you can do all sorts of things with people who look good and who are also kind and decent and loving and caring, right? And so so kind, fun. loving, caring, good Everything. humans. Yes, good humans. That's what I call them because that's that's exactly what I look for. What about yeah. your clients? Are you looking for the same qualities and characteristics in them too? Yes, everybody's the same. <laughs> Everybody is the same. Everybody who comes to me, I mean, if you're not like looking for, if you're not like a good person, right? Let's just start there. Then I'm mm-hmm. I'm not interested because I mean, I can you know. I don't care how good you look, right? And, you know, we all, you know, have our ups and downs and our times when we feel better or look better or think we do, right? But to me, having someone who will treat you good, right? Who treats you well and understands who you are and appreciates you and accepts you and supports you for who you are as a human being, not as like this beautiful, I'm I'm using myself as an example, this beautiful woman, right, on the outside, you know, it's like, look, the the hair, the makeup, the, all the things, right? I don't wake up like this, right? And so, you know, I want someone to love me for who I am on the inside, right? The person mm-hmm. who's at home, you know, cooking with my partner, you know, the one who's cleaning and doing laundry on Mondays. That's what I want. And that's what I want for my clients. Yeah. Is that what your so- clients want? Is that what they're asking for? No. So what are they asking for? Yes, that's what they want. They want people that are kind and thoughtful and loving and caring who can, you know, be there on the day to day. They're not looking for the superficial. They don't care how much money they have. And some of them have a lot of it, but they don't care. Right. They're looking for someone who is real, you know, and who could be real with them. It sounds like you attract your tribe. So are and it sounds like you're selective with who you work with. You know? Yeah. Exactly. How how many times do you not work with someone? Like you know, maybe for <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's a good question because um um let me say this. I think I think it's more the opposite. When people okay. find out what, what I'm looking for, you know, and what kind of clients I'm interested in, they choose mm-hmm. not to work with me, which makes it easier. And I'm happy about that because I'm not looking for jerks, right? So I, I really want to have really good people because I can I can match good people any day and every day. And it makes my job so much easier to do that. Good stuff. Good stuff. So do you show photos? Oh, yes. Yes. I, I mean, look, I've used a matchmaker, or let me let me back up a little bit. I tried using a matchmaker myself. And um, so, yes, and I want to show people photos every now and again. We do blind days because I like that. I think it's fun, but I get consent to do that. And that's the only time I do it. Other than that, I'm always showing photos to everyone. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Um, I've gotten some from my, my past matchmaker, some people that, I would never go on a date with, right? You don't need to send me that photo, honey. It's okay, because I'm never going to go on a date with them, right? So um, so I would never do that to people. 
So we actually don't show photos and people are so at first they're kind of surprised because we're living in a culture that is so, you know, into swiping. That's what they got. Most people are right. They're doing dating apps and they're basing their decision on photos. Um, Sometimes they don't even read the narrative. They're just swiping based on the pictures. So um, I have found it to be really helpful because it, it, we're matchmaking, right. And we're considering the person, their energy, their vibe, all the variables in terms of compatibility. So we'll never set somebody up with somebody that they would be like, who, what? I would never date that person, right? So I just think it it just suspends that superficial or like surfacey stuff and allows us to kind of do our job without that interference. But many matchmakers show photos. And I know that makes people feel, some people feel really comfortable that that's, that's their preference. They want photos. Do you ever get any pushback from even the photos? Has anyone ever just said, like, looking at the photo and they're like, no, don't want to don't want to do it. And how do you handle that? You know, I'm I'm okay with that because, you know, sometimes <laughs> I really am okay with that because, you know, I uh, one, of, one of the things I'm big about. Right. You know, um, I don't really think that there's like this instant chemistry all the time that people want to believe in. Right. It's like, ooh, that person is the one for me. No, girl, that's not the person for you. I can tell you. But it's OK, because you're going to find your person. The, the thing that I like about it is, say, for instance, um, and, it, and it makes me laugh sometimes. Uh, I had a person say, you know, they don't dress well enough for me. Right. And I thought, OK, you know, because I'm not going to lie. I, I like my person to look good when we go out and, you know, and I'm okay with that. So when someone says to me, you know, I don't care how they dress or, you know, I don't like their orange hair or their pink hair, or whatever, I'm okay with those things because I know that's my real life, right? I mean, and I do believe that there's more than just how someone looks. I really do believe that. I mean, I've dated very attractive people, right? Um, and I've, you know, been involved with very attractive people. And those people, it, even when I thought they had great qualities on the inside, end up being, you know, jerks, right? Uh, I'll just call them that. And and, and for now, but it's like, um, no, no, I'm okay with that. I really am. Now, the thing that I'm not okay with, and, and I'm okay with saying this too, is when someone looks at me and says, oh, that person is not attractive enough for me, da, 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 da. I'm like, Really? I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff is like, you're going to have to, you know, tell me why this person is not attractive to you. Cause you know, not everyone that we see is going to be our person, right. Or we're right. going to be interested in. So I'm okay with it, but tell me why. And it can't be because, oh, this person is not pretty enough or this person is not like whatever. That mm-hmm. to me, that kind of superficial attitude, I'm not into. Right. And that's not what I'm selling to anybody. Yeah. I just going back to something you just mentioned um, a couple of minutes ago, which is this idea that people are sort of judging based on the photos. And if somebody appears to have a certain fashion or taste that's different than what they're used to, they might reject just based on that. But I feel like you can work with somebody in terms of their fashion. It's harder to find a good quality person that's kind, that's caring, that's loving. That's not changeable and fixable. That's that's pretty permanent, right? But like fashion, I don't know. A lot of people don't yeah. have a good sense of fashion, but if they're dating somebody they're excited about, they're willing, right? They're willing to get that feedback and they want to be sexy for you. 
I think it's it's a generational thing. I think that, you know, for people like me who are a little bit older, you know, my person is like, okay, if, you know, if you want to tell me what to wear and you want to pick out my thing, you know, they're okay with that, right? But yeah. some people are not. And I think it's more generational in, in the sense that the younger we get, right, with people, the more like, um, I don't want to say picky they are, but I think it's a little bit picky. There's this pickiness that happens where it's like, that's not important. That's, you no know, for me, it's like, I'm used to like pointing out stuff for my person and saying, you know, look, I think you should, you know, wear this. So, you, you know, I don't, I don't say you should do this, right? Because I don't believe in changing people, but I do make suggestions, right? And I, and I'm okay with like receiving suggestions as well, right? And I think that's okay to your point is like, yeah, that's not important. What's the age range of your clients? There, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, most of them are between 30 and 50, right? Um, and then there's some outliers on each side. One of the things that we're finding now is that we're getting more older people, which is different. Yes, they're like over 50. So we're tipping like in between 60 and 70 with people that uh, we weren't before right now. One of the things that I'm not really sold on yet is I'm not really sold on the people who are 25 and under, right? And it has nothing to do with them. I just, uh, the people that I'm working with are professionals, they're, you know, successful, they're, you know, established. And so I want to find them, you know, something similar or compatible in that way, right? For someone. I always say like, you're in your 20s, you don't need a matchmaker. If the dating app's working for anybody, it's working for people in their 20s. (laughs) Go be swiping and work harder to swipe right. Let me tell you, my daughter will argue with you on that one. She's 25 and she'll say no. (laughs) They do not work, even for 25-year-olds. It's so sad. Are your daughter, are they an old soul? Is that the reason? Yes, my daughter is an old soul. She is like a 40-year-old and a 25-year-old. <laughs> and swiping does not work for her. So no. So do you help her as a matchmaker, mom? No. Mm-hmm. no. no you, you got really serious about that. Like, like no. 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 No way in heck would she let me help her find a match. Have you tried? I asked, you know, a couple oh, of times. Yeah. He said, no, <laughs> look, I love you. But no. Here's a boundary that we have to draw here. So, uh, okay. Do you coordinate the dates or do you give them the contact information and send them out there to do that on their own? You know, we actually have a date specialist who does all that. So, okay. uh, do I coordinate the dates? Not really, but she does. She's really, really good at that. And she um, she does ask them, you know, what are you interested in? Where are you located? And so that she can like give them the best results as you know as possible. So, yes, she's she's really great at choosing dates and really great at um, you know even virtual dates. I mean, she does a really good job, right? And I'm glad that she's the one doing it and not me. Now, <laughs> I do a great job of uh, choosing my own dates. <laughs> that's what I do, and that's about it. So, no, she's really good at. It. So earlier, you had mentioned how much you love coaching, right? And so, yeah, you said you like matchmaking, but you love the coaching. So, kind of do like a, a compare and contrast for us. To what do you love so much about each of those, and why? 
You know, um, I was married for a very long time, good or bad, right? And um, 32 years, I was with, with someone for 35. And you learn a lot of stuff about like what works and what doesn't work, right? And for me, you know, I not only want to be able to put people in a, in, a, in a match with someone, I want to be able to help them stay there and build, right? Because it's not always the hardest thing to find people. I always say the hardest thing is to want to keep people in your life, right? So that's where the coaching comes in. So to me, that is the most important part is that if I can, you know, I can find people all day, right? But, you know, at some point in time, and we all know this, we're going to mess up. We're going to do something, you know, dumb, stupid, whatever, right? And we're going to mess up and we're going to like, you know, run. We're going to, you know, we're going to say something we shouldn't say. You know, we're going to like, you know, have an attitude about something that's not necessary, whatever that is, right? At some point in time. And I find that that happens, you know, right around three to four weeks in the relationship, right? And then it happens again, like another, you know, 60 days or whatever, and so for me, that's where the coaching happens, right? It's, that's what's why it's so important is to be able to say to someone, you know, let's rethink this, right? Because we all have like these ideas of what relationships should be like. We all have this experience, right? From, you know, um, working with people and talking to people and studies and all the things, right? But in reality, we all know that until it happens to us, Right. It's it's a whole nother ball game. It's you know, it's hypothetical, it's theoretical, but when it really happens to you, that's when you really want to have a good solution for that. And and that's why I love coaching, is because it's it's easier to match people. It's so much harder to keep them in a relationship. So you find that your clients are so receptive to that because I, 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 I'm on the same page as you. I believe that we all, we, none of us have learned how to date or to be in relationship. Um, so do you find that your clients are receptive to the idea of coaching? Do they get that event? You know, in the long run, it's going to help them be a better partner and, you know, create a better relationship. They do. And I think the reason why is because for those folks, typically, you know, they're like 35 to 50. They've been in some serious relationships before. They kind of know what didn't work last time and what, you know, what did work. And so, you know, and everybody's different. So when you come into contact with a new person, you know, a lot of times we want to revert back to the things we did before, right? The person we were, we were before, and that doesn't always work. So that's why I, I think they're more open to it is because they know that, you know, maybe I could have done this differently before, right? Or maybe this could have worked out differently if I would have had some coaching, right? So I yeah. think it's really important. Um, and, I, and I think that's why they're into it because they're a little bit more mature and, and they they understand that um, we can't always like uh, know what things to do, right? And the worst thing that you can do is um, for me, in my opinion, and I've done this too before in my own personal life is, is, you know, um, not seek the help that you need, right? Uh, it's so important to be able to talk to somebody about, you know, what do you think, you know, this is what's happening and I'm not sure how to respond, how to react, right? And, and one of the things that I talk about in one of my YouTube videos is that I have this 30-day rule, right? Um, and I also have this, what I call seven day rule and this 24 hour rule. And I live by this, right? That says, okay, if I get upset um, and I was upset because someone stole my package off my door when I was gone. And I was like, so upset when I came home yesterday, 
because uh, I could, see, I, I'm, I'm digressing, but I could see my package. So instead of like throwing a tantrum, I said, you know what, I'm just going to like sleep on this and tomorrow I'll feel better. Uh, right. That's my seven day rule, my, my, my 24 hour rule. And then when it's, when it's a bigger thing, I, I do seven days, right? <laughs> you know, if I'm going to buy a house or a car or something, or, you know, try to strangle someone, I'm just kidding. Good boundaries. Uh, That's yes. good boundaries set. Yes, Not- exactly. <laughs> Allow time for clarity. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the thing. So it's like, um, I, I teach that to my clients mm-hmm. and I do that every day for myself. So I think sometimes it's hard for people to know what they need. Some people are not so good about self-reflection or introspection. And as matchmakers, we can help them, you know, illuminate these behaviors that get in the way, um, which is such a, a gift to our clients. Cause there's, you know, with a dating app, you're not able to see why you're getting ghosted repeatedly or why you can't get from date one to date two. And, you know, most of us, I'm guessing you do too, you have a process in place for feedback so you can share with your clients how they're being perceived on their dates. Exactly. Yeah. And and the other thing that I do is I have um, this process that I teach to my clients for when they want to use dating apps, right? It's like, uh, I met my person on a dating app. I, I believe that it can be effective, right? But you have to know, you know, the signs to watch out for. You have to know, you know, um, there has to be some type of um, methodology that you follow, right? Um, to help you to be able to find good people on dating apps. And I've done that um, several times with my clients. Um, and I, like I said, I've, I've done that for myself. And I think that's really what's important because I don't want to just say all dating apps are bad, right? I know for sure that I've, I've, you know, coached some people, you know, firsthand and they found their person, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or their people. And, and to me, um, that is a really important thing. And today's dynamics of, you know, where we are with all the apps, right. Versus what we do as matchmakers, right. Or coaches. It's like, there's a whole bunch of that. And there's some of us, right. And so to me, in order for, you know, my clients to have a, a, better way of meeting people, right? Or more options. I, I coach them on using dating apps. Or just more practice, right? Because dating is is practice. So yeah. yeah. What's what a recommendation or two yeah. that you can give for dating apps if they're using because most people are using dating apps. Let me tell you the ones that I love. Okay. So I love with <laughs> right. I'm serious. I do. I'm not I'm like I'm not I mean I, I have this love hate relationship with dating apps, right? I love Hinge. I, I I love it for the technology, right? All the different preferences. I somewhat like Bumble, but you know I'm somewhat over it. Uh, and then I like Match for people who are a little bit older and, and looking for someone who is a little bit older and mature and established, right? Um, I try to stay away from the more trendy apps, right? Uh, and I call them trendy. Some of them have been around for a little bit. Some of them just got here, but there's so many apps out there, right? Um, that I think that it's very confusing for people what to use, you know, and I know there's apps just for lesbians, there's apps for, you know, men or women or whatever, there's heteros, you know, whatever that is, there's all of these apps, right? And it's so confusing for people. But What's I, the trendy I, apps? Which ones are you referring to? Um, it's not fair. It's not fair for me to say this. Something like, you know, um, coffee and meets bagel or something like that, right? And I'm not saying that's a bad app. I'm just saying there's so many out there. And what's what I'm seeing also is that, you know, we're 
people are creating these friendship apps, right? <laughs> these friendship apps that you can use for dating, you know, like the invented adventure. And it's like, you know, like, Right. People who, you know, do the things that you do, you know, and be friends. And then maybe, just maybe you'll meet somebody long term, right? So there's this this underlying, you know, um, thought process that, you know, you're starting as friends, which I think is wonderful. But at the same time, it's like, to me, it's still confusing for people. Is You know, what is the purpose of this? Act, yeah. Right? Like set your intention. Right. Right. I think it's easier for people who are non-committal to say, oh yeah, I'm just going to put myself out there as a friend and just see and play the field. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And then the other confusing part is too many apps, right? There's no need in using so many apps. One or two is good, right? I mean, because typically if you're, if you're looking locally, you're going to find, you know, people, the same people more than likely over and over and over saying the same things and there's no need, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Now, and I will get like backlash about this and I'm okay with it. I tell people never to use Talkify. That's what, that's my my one app that I really tell everyone, don't even go there. Don't try it. Don't think about it. Don't. Why yeah. is that? I didn't realize they have an app anyway. I thought they were a dating well, it, it's a, yeah. To me, it's kind of like an app. I mean, it's a service, right? And then yeah. like say they're matchmaking. Um, I met with them a couple of years ago, right? And one, and I've had clients who've always who used them too, right? Some of them were able to get their money back. Some of them weren't, right? Especially when we're talking about people in the queer community. Um, the reason why I say you don't use them, because this is just my take on it, and I'm a little bit different when it comes to matchmaking, is that to me, if all of it, if all someone is doing is trying to sell you something, you know, then that's not your your partner when it comes to finding love. Because, you know, um, if I wanted to go buy a car, I would use a salesperson. If I'm looking for love, I'm not looking for a salesperson. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I don't care for them. Because all of is that you need to pay this, you need to pay this, you need to pay this. And yeah. that's all I've ever heard from people who've gone to them. And that concerns me. So my understanding about them is that where the, I, it's kind of unfair that they use the word matchmaking or that they're matchmakers. Mm-hmm. Because they're really... I, the dating concierge, meaning that they use one or two variables. Like if you li- if that person lives in your location and they identify as queer, then they'll send you on a date together. Maybe they look at age, you know, maybe a 10 year span. And then you're sitting across from somebody who say you're a femme and you're interested only in another femme and you're looking, you're sitting across from a butch and you're right. So they're not yeah. looking at the variables that they need to be considering. There's just not, yeah, they don't look at enough of them. Uh, for compatibility. And and I think that happens too within this community. I don't want to say that, you know, um, just because we're matchmaking in the queer space, right, that we get it right every time. I think that sometimes, you know, people do the same things. They're like, oh, just because you're a lesbian, you know, like not all lesbians are the same, honey. They're like different, right? Like people like different things. And sometimes people think that just because you're I'm a lesbian and you're a lesbian, we're good, right? But it doesn't work that way. And the same thing for gay men. It's not, that's not how it works. It's just nuanced. Yeah. Exactly. And and when you're not really, you know, well informed about the community, right? That's what happens, right? And that's one of the reasons why I don't I always show pictures because of the fact that, you know, I've had some experiences where someone I say I'm looking, I say I'm looking for someone to spam, right? My fem, 
people think it's like this, right? But my femme is not like this. My femme is like more tomboyish. Like if you're asking me what I like. Chapstick? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's not not lipstick. It's like, and so but when people, so that's why I show photos because, you know, to me, when people see me, they say, oh, you're so femme. I'm like, I'm really not, (laughs) you know, like I said, I don't, I didn't wake up this way. So in reality, I'm this girl who's like very tomboyish. Right. And who's Mm -hmm. like, you know, very independent, you know, I'm like fish fixing the washer and dryer on the weekends. Right. And so that's not what some people think of as femme and I'm not not that either, but that's what people see on the outside. Right. And so yeah. it's like there's there's there it takes more than just a photo or like an a thought that I'm fam, you're a fan, or I'm right. les- you're a lesbian. People will ask me, what how is matchmaking, you know, LGBTQ, lesbian, bisexual matchmaking any different than a heterosexual matchmaker? And one of the main things is this nuanced situation yes. we're describing. Because yes. heterosexuals are not, you know, you have a male client, he's just like I want to meet a, a sexy, beautiful woman. Well, and they're not talking. talking about other things like race and whatever, then that's where right. it gets a little twisted, right? But, right? but for the most part, it's like a straight man and a straight woman, right? And, and you know, how difficult is that, right? <laughs> Versus, you know, what we do in the queer community is like there's all these different aspects of queerness that people don't even think about most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about what I do is to be able to work with people. You know, there, you know, I said this to someone in a meeting one day is like, just because someone's trans, you know, trans means a lot of things, right? It's not like, oh, they're trans. So they like a man or a woman or whatever that means, or, you know, it doesn't work that way. I, I have clients who are trans masculine who like trans masculine. I have women who are, you know, um, trans women who, prefer um, who, who identify as bisexual or pansexual and they like everybody, right? And so it is not just like as simple as people want it to be. No, it's and it, it's hard for people to wrap their brains around it. It's confusing, you know, it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. So that's a trans woman that identifies as a lesbian. That's the latest thing I've that's done. The, yeah. And then it's like, true. Yeah, it's, true. it's, it's true. not black and white. And yeah, not trying to bucket people. Yeah. yeah. And I've matched both now, right? Because I, I've matched in a hetero world for many, many years. And so, you know, I see the big differences and how we really have to look at who our client is and how important it is for the understanding. I think we do more work and have more understanding to make sure that we're not missing the things, all the things that are needed to help them you know, create this relationship that they're looking for. I love it. I, I like, you. yeah. You, you you look at people totally, totally different. Yeah. You know yeah. What, I, what I love about it? And I tell my partner all the time is that, because uh, he is a white man from Iowa, <laughs> right? And I'm a Black woman from Texas. Uh, and, you know, and the thing about it is, is that, you know, we're very accepting of each other, right? It's like, And that's what I love about what I do. You know, the thing that gets me up every day is that I get to work with people and all I'm doing is finding them people who will love them for who they are and who will accept them for who they are. And I get to be the one who says, 
look, you don't have to worry about asking these tough questions because I'm going to ask them for you. I'm going to make sure that they're interested in someone who's, you know, trans femme, right? Or whatever that is. And so my clients don't have to have that burden anymore. They don't have to worry about telling a story on uh, and what they are, are uh, they, do you tell that story, right? They don't have to worry about that anymore because I'm doing it for them. Or if they're HIV positive and undetectable, um, you know, I tell the story for them. So they don't have to worry about, you know, when I, when I, this person finds out that I, you know, have HIV, even if I'm undetectable, they may not want to date me. Well, they already know. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. That's exactly. right. You do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah. Do they sometimes ask you not to share? Like earlier today, I did a, a, a consultation with a client who had a double mastectomy. And I might be introducing her to one of my clients. And I th- I felt like, you know what? That's something that we don't have to lead with that. Like that we can, you can share that on your own in time. Um, but this is, you know, is this different? Are there clients? That yeah. And my clients are really there. They really want me to be able to share these stories for them. Right. And I had a client who was a cancer survivor and, you know, she's like, I would prefer that you lead with that and, and it, it'll make my life easier. Right. Um mm-hmm. So I am the person who, you know, takes on that burden for them. And I'm okay with that, you know, because, um, you know, as a black woman who like when I, when I um, became single again, I was 55. I mean, I'm 59. Right. Uh, And so that's a huge, you know, shift from being with someone for 30 something years. And then all of a sudden you're in your mid fifties and you're single. And here I am in Texas and, you know, and a certain, you know, social economic background with, you know, like all I heard from matchmakers in Texas was, look, the only men who are going to date you are white men and they don't want to date you because of the work that you do. Because, you know, we're in a we're in a conservative, you know, state. And, and if they don't want to date you because you're black or because of the work that you do, then they won't date you because they like younger women. That's all I heard. Wow. So I was like, who in the world should I work with as, you know, from a matchmaking standpoint, if that's what you believe, right? And so I'm like, wow. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> our job is is tough, but it's so rewarding. Yes, That's yeah, true. definitely making making all these people, you know, helping them create a pathway to happiness. And like you said earlier today, giving them the tools to be successful, not just to you know find that person they have chemistry with or compatibility with, but to be able to do the work because there's going to be work no matter. Yes. What? No one's escaping that work when you're in relationship. It's going to mm-hmm. come up. So, and the three of us, you know, we we coach and we know, you know, we know it's hard, but also it's it can be rewarding if you're, you know, again, have the necessary ingredients of kindness, show up with love and good intention. So, how how can folks find you? Tell us how they can get in contact and if there's a free database and so on. You know, um, they can find me pretty much anywhere, you know, um, by just searching Fern Connections. Um, we hang out on Instagram. That's where we play. I love it, right? We started this YouTube show called Dating with Daphne in December and we're building on that. You know, I love the topics, you know. Uh, I'm very happy. And I must say that I got an award earlier this year from Brains Magazine because of my relationship coaching, right? And and one of the things is because of the videos that I do, right? And Congratulations. Like, 
which is really cool, you know, because we just started this and we don't even have tons of um, subscribers. So anyone who wants to subscribe, please do. But um, but New York Times found me because of one of my videos, right? And I just love those, the you know, how social media, you know, works in a way to where I wouldn't have never been able to do this, you know, 10 years ago, right? And so, and it's not like I'm, doing it for those reasons. I'm doing it because I want to help people, right, as much as I possibly can. But it is giving us, you know, the exposure that we need. So I would say, you know, anything for in connections. Um, I typically don't use my name other than that podcast. I mean, not not podcast, but that YouTube uh, series that we do, which is called Dating with Daphne. Okay. And they can find you on Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, um, I don't know. Is there anything else? I don't, I don't know. YouTube, the YouTube. YouTube, yes, under Dating with Daphne. And I think we even have some stuff out on TikTok. I don't know. Um, I have this, this lovely um, social media team who does all this stuff. So they only let me play a little bit. (laughs) It's like, you can only do so much. We'll do the rest for you. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Daphne, thank you for joining us and sharing the joy. all about your business and how you do what you do. And I think there's, um, for listeners, there's definitely nuggets of information that they can take away and, and think about. Yeah. So we appreciate your time. Absolutely. I have enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's nice like hanging out with you guys and you know, I, I love the smiles. That's the biggest thing I tell people. Smile. Yeah. You're so important. Actually, real quick before we end, um, Denise ran an event in Brooklyn last night for 20 women. And um, there was one woman there. It was It's a speed dating event using our software and so on. One woman was there just not smiling, looking miserable. And she, yeah. what did she do? Yeah, just say I, I just like walked up to, I was like, are you, are you, trying to date and she was like what i was like where's the like you know she was like prune face like all the way like how do you you're not approachable you know and yeah she was we just we laughed about it after i called her out and then the rest of the evening like you know that's because of your gift of giving constructive criticism she didn't get defensive or anything no and that this is it it's like we go out of our not out of our way but because we care so much we want to we want to help people um, make it happen. So you, I just love that. Can I say one last thing? Yeah, I, of I think you're making a very good point because matchmaking is not for everyone. It is a skill. It is, you know, I believe that you have to have a certain like, you know, pe- um, characteristic, you know, personality, you know, and, and it really takes skill to do what we do, right? You know, to have like the 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 diplomacy and the and the tact and all the things, right? To to, to have people see, you know, the hopefulness and finding their person and finding love, but it's hard work. It's not like, just like we, we do this and it's just magical. It really is a lot of like talent that you have to have. And, and, and I love, you know, cause I'm an intuitive that it's that, that helps me a lot in what I do. And I think, you know, people need to know that, that this is like work. It's a skill and not everybody, not everybody's built to do this really. And clients to be willing to do the work. We can only do so much as matchmakers. (laughs) Even if we're gifted and we got a skill set and all that. That's right. Be positive, believe in us, trust us, all that. Well, Daphne, such a pleasure. 
Thank you so, so much. Thank you, thank you so much. Congratulations again on, you know, all the good things coming your way and more to come, I'm sure. Yeah. And thank you to all our listeners. Um, we will be back on next week with another matchmaker. And uh, stay tuned for more interesting podcasts. Uh, take care, everyone. Big hugs. Big kisses. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share this podcast with anyone you may know who feels misunderstood, confused, or who needs some relationship insights to empower their next move in life. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook using the handle Dr. Frankie Bashan to see some fun behind-the-scenes great appearances and share your thoughts and ideas for future episodes. Until next time, keep embracing your unique story and look out for love, laughs, and lessons.